Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. My, oh my, what strange times we are in right now. And I've been wanting to create an edition of this uh, podcast for quite some time. And I just haven't been able to find the time. And I'm really doing all sorts of different projects here uh, where I am in India, which are kind of taking up a full chunk of my working day but I just felt like I really needed to publish something while I'm here in Goa um, on the Indian lockdown that I'm currently under uh, in the south of Goa in Patnam. Now it is kind of like one of the biggest lockdowns in the world so far with 1.3 billion people affected here in this country. Um, It didn't look like it was really going to be a thing here in Goa Um, because up until even 24 hours ago, there were no cases um, of the coronavirus. So I kind of felt like it was a very, very, very safe place to be. And there were some really big decisions to be made, like a week ago, when uh, borders began to close here and things began to change. But there were some real issues with the flights being grounded, continually cancelled, the price is going sky high and I was really unsure about what to do and because all the borders were closing elsewhere in the world all the flights that I was kind of being offered were very much ones that went via about two or three or four different places to get home and the idea of being stuck somewhere else other than here um, where I know and I love and I feel safe um, I decided to stay for the time being until I could sort of find something a little bit more stable and certain and that decision has landed me in the predicament that I'm in now which is I'm still here um, and there is no escape all the flights are grounded now and it is just a very um, complicated scenario um, that I'm left in but it is more or less one that was made uh, a decision with you know, full awareness in lots of ways. And um, the expectation was obviously not to get um, locked down here. And it didn't really feel like that was brewing, really, until, of course, it just kind of happened um, out of the blue. Because India, really, at that point, had just, you know, almost no cases of COVID-19. And, I mean, obviously, I didn't bury my head in the sand thinking it could couldn't possibly happen here Um, but I think that you know it didn't feel like it was going to happen anytime soon now of course things have changed Um, there isn't an epidemic by any stretch of the imagination but it you know has obviously joined the club of all the other countries and continents across the world there's not really many countries left that aren't affected by COVID-19 and it's you know it's a terrifying mental place to be it feels very bizarre and coping with lockdown on a daily basis if you're listening to this and you're in lockdown somewhere too then I just wanted to reach out and just say you know I feel you and it is a very bizarre strange time and 
you know, all we have is each other, all we have is our connection, all we have is that kind of sense of community and togetherness that we're all in this together, even if we might be separated by, you know, meters, brick walls, countries, borders, whatever, um, right now. I mean, the world has never felt so separate in so many different ways because we're all very much segregated now by people kind of locking up their borders. But I feel, yeah, we have never been more connected. I mean, technology, if we didn't have that right now, uh, well, I think uh, we'd all be having, yeah, a serious breakdown because, you know, I've never FaceTimed so many people and spoken to so many people online, connected with my family so regularly. And that has got to be something quite beautiful. Um, But it is, yeah, quite an interesting emotional and mental roller coaster that I think everybody is on on a daily basis. If you're cooped up and you're inside and you're not going anywhere, um, then you are going to seriously come up against some little rocky roads where you just feel unable I think to navigate some hours of the day um, where that sort of process of not knowing what's coming and and thinking too far ahead of what you know where we're going to be left what's going to happen how are we going to get out of this situation when is it going to end we don't have any answers and that's the kind of the most interesting part of all of this situation is that there is you know there's no one really with a crystal ball um so i thought i'd just bring you this podcast with a little bit of color from india um and i just spoke to my amazing landlord who is called keegan and i haven't managed to chat to him yet but i'm sure i will over the coming weeks <laughs> there's a plenty of time in the can that's one thing we do have is a lot of time on our hands right now which is kind of a beautiful thing because i think there's a lot of people out there that are just you know doing stressful jobs leading hectic busy lives and all of a sudden we have just all been forced to stop and what happens when we stop I think we just really start to have time to think about things and evaluate and really kind of dive into everything that's been going on that we maybe haven't had time for so that's the main positive that I think we can take from all of this right now is that we've got more time for ourselves to look after ourselves to find some moments for self-care Uh, to find some moments for self-practice, to get into our meditation that we've been avoiding, to, you know, get into some fitness and workouts that we just tell ourselves is not important. So we can get really strong if we really dedicate ourselves and find that sort of discipline that I think is often lacking for so many of us, me included, um, when I want to be doing all these healthy, wonderful things and, you know, watching what I eat and really giving myself the nourishment that I know that is possible but sometimes it's not always available to me or I just you know don't always stay on the path Um, but I think you know now we just have that ability Um, although (laughs) that's the funny part really of my particular situation is that every time I've tried to go to the supermarket um, the police close it down they're there they've got quite large uh, bamboo canes that they (laughs) very threatening with and I'm hearing a lot of stories and seeing a lot of pictures and reading a lot of posts on Facebook about people receiving a bit of a a beating for um, being out of the house and being at the shop you know the shops are not really open and the real 
kind of uh, struggle actually of getting getting what I need at the moment is um, becoming quite real. So I'm trying not to worry about that or even give it any uh, mental thought, apart from the fact that I am living on brown things. There was one day I managed to get to the supermarket and I went backwards and forwards twice in quick succession and bought nuts and muesli and uh, coffee, um, everything brown basically, everything brown and that I could lay my hands on that was in a packet because it wasn't one of those supermarkets that had fruit and veggies. So although I'm saying that this is a great opportunity to get healthy, for me it's actually a very different case entirely. And I'm noticing after sort of four days of just brown food and packet foods and dried foods and I've literally got a fridge uh, and a kettle, that's it. So I, and, but I am being cared for by these incredible neighbours of mine. So, you know, I am being fed, but what started off as... Um, sort of dal and rice then progressed into a biryani and raita which was beautiful but more rice and then day three I think yesterday was a hell of a lot of rice and just a tiny bit of curry and a little bit of pickle which was beautiful and blew my absolute socks off made my eyes water as any good Indian pickle should do and we're going to talk about that in this episode because I've actually interviewed the guy who made it for me um he's just a gorgeous man I can't wait for you to meet him shortly um but yeah and then I think today was more sort of like a potato curry with a lot of rice um and poppadoms so you know more brown food more white food more carbs I don't actually normally eat carbs so I've noticed that well number one my tummy is absolutely enormously bloated for starters um obviously I'm not moving around as much as I normally would do in my daily doings and I'm eating things that are dragging my mental state down quite considerably. So obviously I'm not dwelling on that stuff so much, uh, but there are moments where I'm like, I just, I don't know if I can eat more food um, until I feel a little bit more stable. Um, Because without fresh fruit and veggies in my life, which is basically what I live on, I've now gone into the pure brown, white and sort of... uh, darker shades of brown food um and of course you know i'm very lucky to have any food i'm very lucky to be in this situation being fed by a beautiful family um but i am you know i've got to be honest i'm really struggling with that i'm really really struggling with that i'm seeing so many posts of people that are able to go to the supermarket back home in ibiza back in england um having all these incredible juices and smoothies and wonderful salad plates and I just feel uh, a little bit out of sorts about that because um, I just can't get anything. Like, even had to ask somebody to bring me some water today. I don't have any water. um, And I think I'm starting to panic slightly that I may never see another green vegetable ever again. Um, Particularly not for the next few weeks because um, you just hear so many rumours here about what's available, what's not, what's going on. So I'm just trying not to listen to any of it and I am diving into my work and diving into my practice and those are the two things that are keeping me, uh, keeping the wolf from the mental door. So I don't, I'd love to just hear your stories about what you're doing and how you're staying sane and I would love, love, love for you to reach out either on Instagram at The Reset Rebel or at our email address at just the good news, please. Now, I have been doing some interviews because I've been making some features out here for some different news channels and I'm doing um, an interview on BBC London at 
11.45 on Saturday, GMT, if anyone wants to tune into that with Robert Elms, the show presenter. Um, I've done some pieces for the Evening Standard um, and some news outlets in America. Um, so yeah, I've been quite busy um, staying out of trouble, trying not to think too much. Um, which has been very successful thus far, but it has provided some wonderful audio. And I think, you know, the big reason here why people really didn't feel, or particularly the locals, um, that the coronavirus would not spread here is that the temperatures are rising. It's moving into that period of the year where it's like unbearably hot here. So um, one of the main reasons when I did speak to a local taxi driver, who I'm just about to introduce you to, um, was that he told me he didn't think that um, the spread could happen here because it was just too hot. What's your name? My name is Samir. Yeah, it's good for the virus because in the hot weather, like about 33, the virus can't survive. Because for the hot weather, the virus will not here till now in Goa. Well, what are your friends thinking about, you know, the uh, the possibility of coronavirus coming here? People now don't, don't drive, the people all spread about the virus, you know. So it's like uh, all over the Goa, people are scared about, so people don't drive for everyone. Like all the uh, restaurants will shut down, then the rooms also. Now I'm not scared because of the weather, you know, the hot weather, that give me little strength, that's why I don't wear my mask. with a lovely local man, Samir there, taxi driver. And it is a very lovely idea, isn't it, that the heat um, could keep this thing at bay. But, you know, what we're seeing elsewhere in the world is that there's no real way of controlling what feels like an unstoppable beast. Um, The trail of mass destruction that's leaving in countries like Italy, Spain, you know, where I live, is absolutely, it's devastating. New York is right now being ripped to shreds by it. And, you know... All I do all day is read these stories out loud for a living and it is absolutely breaking my heart, Um, which is also another struggle that I'm facing on a daily basis is that, you know, I can't ignore this. It's I'm reading about it all day. I am broadcasting about it all day. Um, But the one thing that's really drawn my attention to, of course, is, you know, just the incredible work that is being done by the health services across the globe. And right here on Sunday, the locals followed the advice of uh, the Indian Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, to to make some noise and give a little bit of gratitude. So that is the sound of pots and pans being banged and bells rung for the local health workers here in Goa. But the villages or the villagers in the south uh, Goan town where I'm staying in Patnam and I'm stuck, um, really, really got into that. And it was so beautiful to watch them all, you know, getting involved and, you know, little kids and grandmas and grandpas um, with their, you know, the whole family just, you know, really, really making as much noise as humanly possible. So that really brought a little tear to my eye, actually. I found that quite an emotional thing to witness. And I think... Really, it just, you know, it just gives you gratitude. I think the only way to get through all of this is just to list every day all the things that you are grateful for, all the things that are wonderful in your life right now. And there there are so many things. They are endless. Um, but, you know, I am stuck here for the, for the time being. And so I am going to stick with all of that work um, currently. But until Monday, 
Um, I was very, very lucky to have uh, a lovely lady from Ibiza, one of my yogi friends, um, here with me. And we met up for breakfast. And I love her so much because she's been on this podcast so many times. And she has been a guest many times over the years since we started um, back in March 2017. So we caught up with her. Uh, right before she managed to escape back to London. And I'm so happy to say that she is now back in Ibiza on the beloved island that I am also lucky enough to call home. So I'm here with Kundalini yoga teacher Trish Whelan from Ireland. And it seems that you are obviously stuck in the same situation as, in, as everybody else, which is that you're kind of a little bit stranded and very uncertain about what's next. I am, Joe. I'm stranded with uh, well, my third cancelled flight, so um, times are uncertain, aren't they? I also live in Ibiza, so I'm not quite sure about how to get back there. You know, I'm alive, so I'm um, just trying to stay calm. How are you sort of feeling it would be to get sort of stuck in India? Because like there's this lockdown um, Sunday and, you know, maybe that's just a trial run really for sort of more lockdown. There's no flights out of here um, at the moment. Well, I feel very blessed because I have friends who live here, so um, they've taken me in. (laughs) Um, I was just doing a retreat at their house. So, um, yeah, I feel blessed in that respect that I'm not in a, you know, beach hut, which is what I left yesterday to go back to the house. Um, And I guess the feeling is really kind of hitting home now, isn't it, that shops are closing, the... There's no cappuccinos anymore in Patnam, and um, I guess, you know, it's all getting very real. I guess, you know, India, the healthcare is good, and um, I don't know, I mean, who knows? You know, that's the thing, isn't it? Who really knows? Um, Also, I don't know how I feel about a 36-hour journey back um, out of here, and... The main thing is not getting the, not get, not dying. <laughs> so I'm feeling like I'm trusting that I'm exactly where I'm meant to be and, um, and I'm not panicking. But, you know, it is quite scary when you wake up in the morning and um, another flight is cancelled. Is the rock and the hard place of getting on a flight, you know, I was looking at the kind of the seat booking process for a flight I was looking at and I was thinking, well, it's a bit like Russian roulette because you don't know if you're going to pick a seat next to someone who's not feeling very well. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we've all just got to be really vigilant, don't we, wherever we are. And, um, and I, you know, I believe that, you know, some good and like good things are going to come out of this um and somehow you know we're all in this together and um you know being vigilant being kind to each other you know how how different people are suddenly in crisis you know and the reality of this crisis i think is really just starting to hit home to so many people the world is never going to look the same again and so really you know Having a face mask on and, you know, OCD hand washing is probably the least of your worries, really, isn't it? It's just about making sure that, um, yeah, that if you contract it, that you are, you know, uh, look after yourself and don't keep passing it on. I think, you know, from the perspective of being sort of stuck here, there's obviously worse places in the world to be stuck than paradise. That's how it sort of feels here. But I think everybody felt like, you know, it wasn't going to affect their own personal experience of life as we know it until lockdown began. And I think lockdown in India, as, you know, Sunday uh, is showing us, is is, going to be a little bit tough to be 
confined in such a hot country in your own home all day from 7am till 9pm. Yeah, it's probably not going to feel so much like paradise, um, really, after that. Um, so, um, well, hopefully, you know, the government are going to get people, try and get people home. But it's just like, also, you know, I saw that photo on Facebook today of all the um, Italian coffins. And I just think that, you know, if you're in a safe place, wherever you are, you know, be glad to be alive and, um, you know, it'll it'll pass. It's going to pass. We're not going to be here forever. So just keeping, you know, keeping that vibe alive and keeping alive and um, keeping tuning in and keeping, you know, remembering, you know, counting the blessings and let's just, you know, try and keep the vibes up really. So, you know, there's worse places to be stuck in, isn't there? Um and you know start to see people how people really react to not only that but sort of you know financial you know decline everything's crashing the world is crashing here we are um it's really the new age it was you know all the predictions have really come true so you know it's time now for everybody to like test their their resilience and to you know if you don't have a yoga practice you know get one start one um, start breathing start sitting down and start counting your breath in and counting your breath out and start you know meeting yourself because this is where we're gonna you know this is how I can't see any other way of getting through this to be honest um, so you know if you're confined you know hopefully you've got a yoga mat say um, that I have not spent as much time on my mat as I have done in the past four days since uh, India went into full-blown lockdown and I do often turn mostly to my self-practice but I've kind of gone between having a few little wobbles when I haven't really felt like thinking on my mat and I just kind of want to follow somebody else Um, and in that particular case I decided to employ the incredible work of one of my favorite yogis who I actually did my teacher training with Julie Martin with and her name is Gabriella Byrne B-Y-R-N-E like David Byrne and um, she's got an amazing YouTube channel which I've just started following only this week Um, and you know that is the wonderful thing about all of this right now is that we actually have time to check out all the wonderful work of our you know amazing friends and you know, go online, maybe do a bit of online learning, um, you know, just make time for the things that we really want to get into. But we don't have a lot of time, usually. Um, And the one thing now that we really do have is exactly that. So I feel really, really grateful for that, uh, particularly. I've also filmed a little uh, few snippets myself. Um, I don't feel overtly confident about them as I've uh, mentioned in the past radio is kind of you know my happy place and I don't really enjoy being in front of the camera at all Um, so I didn't put the videos online anywhere Uh, but if you whatsapp me um, or best off actually email us on good just the good news please at gmail.com that's just the good news please at gmail.com I'm very happy to just individually and personally send those to you if you would like some little flows. Um, The first one is like a shoulder 
opener for 20 minutes and the second is a little bit more dynamic how to get a bit of a sweat on for 20 minutes um, in your own home basically more sun salutation vinyasa orientated um, so if you want those do feel free to drop me a little um, email on that um, but I you know I think Trish has got a serious point there um, and I'd really love to know what it is that you are personally doing on this lockdown to stay sane uh, what tools that you have at your fingertips to keep your spirits high um, and if you want to share them with us on Instagram at the reset rebel please do drop me a line um, I would absolutely love to hear from you now, Trish is not the only one who got stuck here. In fact, there are a hell of a lot of other people just like me who are currently foraging around for food um, and for water. Supermarkets have been pretty much closed since this all began. Um, I've queued up so many times and every time I've gotten to the front of the queue, the police turn up with big bamboo canes that they have been hitting people with and close them down. Um, so clearly that's kind of put the fear of God into me. Um, and the, today I queued up for an hour um, and then I got to the more or less sort of halfway through the queue and then they said you had to be one meter apart and keep distance in the queue which is completely fair dues uh, but they said the only way you can come into the supermarket is if you're wearing a mask which I wasn't so you know back home I went deflated and um, you know depleted once again I mean I've got plenty of food um, for my standards anyway I think if anybody else had what I had in the fridge they'd probably be like oh my god I've got nothing to eat um but yeah I've got nuts I've got chia seeds I've got coffee that's the main thing that I can't live without um I've got plenty of water which my amazing landlord brought to me um I've got a little bit of muesli um it's just not very healthy food it's very much dried um stuff but you know for now it's fine I'm not going to starve I'm not going to die um, and that's all good. And I'm just, you know, I've got this incredible um, Indian family looking after me and, and bringing me um, curry and rice every day or dal and rice or something and rice. There's a lot of rice going on in my life right now, but I, and I'm trying not to eat it anymore because I, the, after three days of just eating rice, I was like, whoa, this is not going to work for me. I'm literally, um, yeah, expanding at a rate of knots, which is not good for my head, really, in, in solitary confinement. So um, I've laid off the rice as of yesterday. I've not had any, and um, I'm feeling already a bit lighter and brighter today. My stomach is a lot flatter and more normal. Um, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to know what to eat when you're in this situation because, you know, we're not moving as much um, in the way that we normally do out and about. I mean, a lot of people associate that freedom and movement with you know calorie burn but you know as I've sort of noticed a lot from having a Fitbit for many many years now and being in stiff competition with my nephew um, who I love dearly hello James if you're listening um, you know you burn a lot of calories just by doing nothing so you know you really do burn about one to 1500 just from sitting on your bottom just breathing and eating and sleeping um, burns calories as a human being so really just maybe take a little bit of note about what it is that you're eating in terms of the calories if that's freaking you out like it has been with me obviously living on peanut butter and nuts and chia and muesli is not a low calorie way to do this but I have no alternative um, there's no fruit and veggies to be had here right now but I am trying you know not to eat all the peanut butter some days it works some days it doesn't <laughs> but I'm not going to give myself a hard time about that right now now is not the moment um, I'm not drinking any booze there you go there's another god knows how many calories gone down the loo that I'm unable to consume because there isn't any here at the moment so I'm um, you know there's it swings and roundabouts you know um, I don't even think drinking right now in solitary confinement would be a particularly 
good thing to be doing for our heads. I think we need to keep as clear-minded and present as possible. So that's my plan. Um, but as I was saying, you know, I'm not the only person to get stuck. And I, the other morning, I mean, I feel bad. Like, so Please don't judge me, but I have been sneaking out in the mornings um, for an hour or two just to get my walking in. And I know a lot of the paths around here that aren't on the main road. And so I've been like wandering off through the villages and at sort of like just before dawn. Um, I used to be quite scared of doing those kinds of walks at that time in the morning in the dark. But now if that's my only option not to get caught by the police and to keep moving, then that feels like a good one. Although I did see yesterday online it was saying that, you know, um, there's a potential possibility of the army being drafted in and the policy of shoot to kill being, uh, you know, instructed. And that was what one of the Indian ministers was saying yesterday. So I didn't, I did go out for my morning walk. You know, I have been out every morning. I've been in lockdown early, early, early. Um, because I just can't live without, I can't live without it. I just, you know, I'm sure I could. But in my head, it's quite important to me. And I'm willing to risk getting in a bit of trouble to make sure that it happens. Now you probably think I'm mad or stupid or whatever. But anyway, I, you know, there's a reason this podcast is called The Reset Rebel. I will always be a bit rebellious. And if someone tells me I can't go out, then it's not that I'm trying to break the rules or meet up with anyone or not do the social distancing thing. I'm by myself walking in the dark. I don't see anything apart from cows and dogs. So I'm not going to feel bad about that. I need it. And um, we all have to do what we need in these times. So that has been pretty amazing. But the other morning I bumped into these great, great people, um, an Austrian man uh, and an English lady, Fran, who I absolutely loved. And I interviewed them for the evening standard piece I was making and also Simon and Sarah. So I'm going to bring you some little snippets about their experience um, as well. My name is Fadi Hilsen. I am from Sweden. Uh, we're stuck and my flight is cancelled and uh, we are stuck in one on food and trying to cope with the curfew. Mm. How are you feeling about that? Well, it's what to do, you know. We are trying to be positive and we'll manage, I think. I hope. No one knows, really. Mm. Everything is unsure, so... Do you, ha- do you think there's any hope that Austria might send a plane to come and pick you up? Or uh, No, I don't think so. No, I think uh, for the Swedish citizens, it's uh, the communique is that stay if you are safe, stay where you are for now. So yeah, no, no. If we need to go to Sweden, we need to sort it out ourselves somehow. Right. Of course, if the if things does not deter, deter, deteriorate more, mm-hmm. so yeah. Does that worry you that things might deteriorate more? Uh, probably, yeah. If uh, you know, if the pandemic hit India very hard, uh, I think we will be in in trouble here. So we'll see. What What's your biggest fear about that? What do you think? You know, what, what's the worst that could well, happen? To tell you the truth, that uh, supplies uh, for to begin with, uh, with, and then if we get sick, we could be in a, in. You know, I'm not sure how the prior- there will be some kind of prioritization. You know. And there's not enough uh, respirators and things like that, so don't get sick. <laughs> <laughs> and can I can I ask you how you're feeling? Yeah, I'm woken up this morning feeling a little bit like there's a, a brick wall in front of me, um, but I'm okay. Yeah, we did quite a lot of shopping last week um, because we had a feeling that this was coming. And uh, <laughs> as she extends her arms so that we're two metres apart, I think I need to get sort of a Mr. Tickle extension. Yeah. I mean, my, I, I sort of feel like I have some tools to cope with this situation. So 
hopefully I can we can manage and get through. Um, I don't. I'm quite irritated by uh, the British government's. Um, uh, all travellers must come home. I mean, it's a bit. It's a bit. What is it? Stable and door, but horse and bolting and stables and doors. <laughs> I feel that that's just quite irritated me, actually. I just thought, well, it's a bit late for that, Bojo. Really. It's a bit late. So, um, yeah, I don't really know. I've got an Air India flight booked for the 6th of April, but obviously that's out the window now since the 21-day lockdown last night, Mm. announced last night by Modi. Mm. What do you mean by this brick wall? I just just want to know a bit more about that. Just a bit feeling a bit imprisoned. I mean, we're lucky here. I can look up and see trees and stars at night and I've got air, fresh air around me. But, yeah, just, I suppose, the, 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 um, the challenge, in a way. It feels a bit, you know, it's like a bit of a challenge, it's a bit like a sort of... a situation that I never envisaged, I suppose. And last night the news came and I just woke up and it was there in my head this morning. I thought, OK... Here we go. Mm. Sort of just try to sort of smile and think positively. And I was going to say, what are your tactics for sort of navigating that mental headspace situation that you wake up with at the moment? Keeping it light, laughing, mm. smiling at myself in the mirror, mm. um, laughter. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts are you from? London, Peckham. Um, yeah, come here every year. No, we're stuck, aren't we? <laughs> I don't think anyone's going anywhere for a while. What about you? No, whenever the flights open up, I'll probably go back to the United States. But for now, we're here. Do you feel like you're in a bit of a pickle? Definitely feel like I'm in a pickle. (laughs) Pickle in paradise. (laughs) I mean, there's worse places to be stuck. You've just moved into a beach hut right in front, which is where I've run into you. And you've got, like, a beautiful sea view. So that's something to be thankful for, right? Absolutely. There are lots of things to be thankful for, but still some problems happening, to say the least. Tell me, tell me what your number one uh, sort of situation has been thus far. Um, well, what we're working on is finding a place with a kitchen so that we can, you know, have food to prepare, like, prepare ourselves. But, yeah, other than that, we're just kind of hunkering down. All the restaurants are shut in, so it's really hard to get food. And they open, they open the restaurants, but when, when they see policemen, they have a big panic and we all have to run away. So that happened last night. And then... I think there's about three restaurants left serving food. So I don't know how long that will last. But that's why we just like, like stay by the beach just for now, just to get just a nice view, really, <laughs> and to see it out. But I spoke to German people, and they're getting, they're getting repatriated, I think. I don't know if England does that. So. I did see um, a story this morning from Dominic Raab, uh, the Home Secretary, saying that, you know, they are going to repatriate and they're, and they're going to bring flights over to um, foreign parts and the first place that they're sending a plane is Peru so it is going to happen I think but the thing that made me laugh was that basically it said um, that you know they will if you can't afford to catch that flight then they will give you a loan how very generous so generous where's the American government I'm one of the only Americans here that I've seen so that makes me a little nervous but I guess we'll find out I mean, should you have to pay for your own flight back from India when uh, you are basically completely and utterly stuck on your flight that you already paid for and the other one that's already been cancelled? Should you have to pay for a third? Of course not, but this happen- happened to me in Nepal. I was in the earthquake in Nepal and every other government flew everybody out for nothing apart from the UK. 
Are you actually serious? Yeah, it was. Um, they wanted eight hundred pounds to put us on a military plane to fly us out of um, Kathmandu, and every other country got there for nothing. So I ended up having to go back on Air India as soon as I could get a flight out of Kathmandu because it was too expensive. It's like twelve hundred quid. So I'm not overly confident, but I'm sure it will because it's just so nation. Everybody knows about this. Not everybody knew about the Nepal earthquake, but this is worldwide, isn't it? So. I think it would look a bit bad if we got left here. Okay, now you got me worried. If they don't send, <laughs> they don't send flights to earthquake victims, I think yeah. Well, we're really just not in that much of a pickle yet. I don't feel like we are. I mean, I'm not starving to death. I've got someone bringing me food every day where I stay. The, the mother's cooking, and it could be a hell of a lot worse. But um, how was the earthquake anyway? Out of interest. Yeah, uh, it was horrific. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't really talked about it since then. It was just it all fell down. And then, uh, and then it was just two weeks on the streets and the military barricaded them inside the army barracks and he was just left on the streets trying to find embassies with aftershocks going on and Kathmandu falling down. Yeah, I just haven't really thought about that since then. It's just jog memories of that because I just... I'm, like, really happy here like now because you just, like... We are actually on a beautiful place and you can just go swimming and just sneak in and out to sea every morning just stare at the sea, but, like... I reckon the novelty will wear off after a week or so and then, I, I don't know, no one knows what's happening because it was a lockdown for 24 hours and now all of a sudden it's to the 31st, right? Yeah. 21 days. Yeah, now it's 21 days. I guess my main concern is that when all the restaurants shut and none of the stores are opening, like, how are we going to get food, you know, and fresh water and all that, so... Yesterday, people were riding around on the bikes. We just had to carry like a big rucksack from Palanem, and the Indian guys didn't want to go. And yeah. the, and, uh, and I think the powers the, originally it was voluntary lockdown. Now it's not, and the police are quite violent. Have you actually seen any kind of evidence of that? In India, many times, not like really, really bad, but it's just like just getting a spanked bottom. <laughs> They do just they do just hit people with this with the bamboo. We did see a video from somewhere else in India where it's like a few guys like three guys on a motorbike and the police stop them and just start like beating them with sticks until the other two get off like to enforce the social distancing. So that doesn't make me feel super confident, but I think you know, playing devil's advocate, as long as we stick to the rules that they've given us, which are pretty clear, then you're not going to get hit with a stick. So I guess you just you know, from my perspective, I, f I feel very, very, very like I'm being a bit disrespectful and incredibly naughty and risky and stupid right now for standing here on this beach even having this conversation because we're not supposed to be out and I don't live over there. And if I got stuck away from my hotel room, I would be quite sad because I've got to go to work shortly. But, um, yeah, what were you going to say? I was just going to say exactly that. We're being naughty now just sitting on the beach. They have said no more than two people together at any one moment. I mean, for a country like India, 1.3 billion people, I mean, and most people don't have the kind of house you can even lock the door, let alone lock down. I just find this a fascinating human experiment. Absolutely. I mean, I think in Goa or Riyar, it is possible to spread yourself out a little bit, but in most of India, it's just not physically possible. So that's the other thing that concerns me. Like, it doesn't seem like, I don't think there are any cases in Goa still right now, but with the population density here, it's going to keep getting worse for quite a while like even with the lockdowns like it's already in Mumbai and all the big cities so it's going to spread like those areas don't have the ability to social distance so it's kind of just a matter of time before it gets worse 
So massive thank you to Simon and Sarah and um, our wonderful Austrian uh, man and his friend Fran for talking to us. Uh, that piece did go out in the Evening Standard. I think, you know, there's a lot of call here by the Brits that are left for a repatriation flight. There's been one on Wednesday with TUI and 249 passengers got shipped out of here. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good. I don't, you know, I'm not in any great, great uh, emergency mission to get out of here. I'm, you know, I'm doing well. I'm thriving. I'm pretty happy. I'm safe. I'm cool. I have a fan and some air conditioning. You can hear that fan in the background. Um, you know, I'm going to be okay. It's temporary. It's all temporary. And that's all my mantra is when the, when the going gets a little bit tough is, you know, this is going to pass. It's, it's not forever. Um, of course, I'm missing people, um, but I'm, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. So I really just want to send you all my love from here. Um, I feel like I'm in a beautiful, beautiful place um, to send you as much love as humanly possible. I'm receiving plenty of it from this amazing Indian family, from my friends and family. And just, you know, I just think we just need to really connect as much as we humanly possibly can where possible without actually obviously physically connecting or being in um, large groups and gatherings. But, you know, there's so many ways to do that. And um, I think this is one of them. So I'm really, thank you so much for, for coming back to this podcast. I'm sorry I've been a little bit off radar. Uh, things have been a little bit topsy-turvy in my world, but I'm back. I really, really aim to bring you um, an interview every week now, again, for as, as, as long as I can, as long as I'm here. And I hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast uh, from Goa, where I'm currently... Um, yeah situated and um feeling really 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 thankful and i want to end today's podcast with a little bit of music from a creative soul i met in a bar about a week ago before the full lockdown began um we had this great great track and i think it's a nice way to close today's reset rebel podcast thank you so 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 much for listening uh, we'll see you next week don't go away
Every day.